Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi, I'm Mel, and welcome to Empowered Love Radio. And this week I've got a Thriver show, and it's a really amazing Thriver show because I have one of our um, absolutely much-loved senior moderators in the NART Forum, and Nora is just amazing in so many ways. And just in a quick little chat that I had with her before the start of this recording, uh, Nora's story is quite amazing. And look, what's happening at the moment is MTE, we're under a lot of projects and stuff and Nora and I haven't had a great amount of time to get going on this and, and collaborate with this story together. So we're going to be doing a little bit of ad-libbing uh, tonight with the recording and if I need any clarification for you guys out there, the listeners, I'm going to ask Nora about it. And, uh, you know, this is going to be an unfolding experience because this is a really pretty amazing story on just so many levels. It's blown me away. I thought I've seen it all, and I probably have, but this is, uh, you know, one of those that is a whole nother level. And um, Nora is all the way from Singapore, so she's uh, earlier tonight than what I am to do this recording Laura, thank you, thank you, darling lady, so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Mel. Thank you so much for having me on. It, it is. It's a real honour to have you on. It, it really is. So, so Nora, let's do what we normally do and and kick it uh-huh. off. And uh-huh. you know, how did you meet the narcissist in your life? How did how did the story start? Okay, uh, I met him at a girlfriend's engagement function. Um, you know, I was ideal, fresh, and quite naive, uh, educated at the same time. Uh, the attraction between us was strong and instant. He was tall with good looks. He was a policeman, calm businessman, religious, and seemed to be a good catch at that time. Uh, a few phone conversations later, he was eager to uh, seek my hand in marriage with dad. Uh, we were we are very traditional, so uh, mm. uh, we 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 have quite a number of uh, uh, most of us are matchmaking to have partners in our life. So Anne courted me uh, with gifts, new dresses, shoes. It was highly exciting. I felt like Cinderella, and he, my prince. Mm. Just um, to come in there, so because Nora is is Muslim, so in the in the Muslim tradition, is it is it very much about you know boy meets girl? There's a little bit of courting, and then there's talk about marriage. Is that how it works? Yes, yes. We are not allowed to uh, go out. Uh, we uh, the parents meet the meet the guys guys family, and then. Uh, and then they approve of the man, and then the guy comes in and sees the sees the lady. Yeah. 
Right. So it's pretty much chaperoned and, and so yeah. it's under a, right. Right. So yeah. it's a, under a pretty safe sort of environment yeah. in that way. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So keep going. Okay. By the time I, I was already so hooked and started to witness his eccentric behavior, he was pretty extreme. Uh, there was quite a number, much of moodiness, sudden withdrawals, mood swings, violence. Sometimes there were also, when we meet, uh, uh, there used to be some test lab dates. <laughs> uh, mm. I just just this honey, if you could just speak up a little bit more into the microphone, just so people okay. could hear you. That's, that's okay. better. Beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, so I accepted this as a norm because I, I, in my family there was quite a bit of dysfunction. I was <laughs> my family's scapegoat, and my dad was sole breadwinner, and there were five of us, five girls. Uh, Mum, mm. we didn't know back then that she was schizophrenic. It was only diagnosed later, but she was already acting out quite a bit, and we were all uh, roped in to do uh, quite a bit of work to take care of each other and work to make her feel happy, keep her happy. Uh, when when Anne came into the picture, my dad was only too happy to welcome some financial aid so that he could remove one of of, of us off his shoulders. Uh, yes. To me, marriage was an escape door. Yeah. Mm. It was only later... Uh, it was only later that I learned that Anne was a school dropout I didn't know much about him back then. Uh, and then he, the bit about him being a policeman was was not true. Uh, he okay. was actually a phone dispatch in National Service. Right. Uh, his business belonged to his mom in frozen meat products. Uh, I didn't realize I had become a trophy working wife for his financial security and property ownership. So this marriage mm. was all about uh, how he could look good in society. Because mm. you had your own bit. You were doing well, weren't you? Yes, yes, I was. I was doing pretty well. Mm. In your own businesses, etc. So he misrepresented. He That wasn't true, what he said that he was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Then what happened? So how quickly did you get married? What what happened? Well, uh, it was pretty fast. Uh, I think uh, I I was actually uh, working towards uh, getting a degree, and since he was determined to uh, get married fast, quick, uh, my dad wanted him to wait because he had we there were all the other siblings who were older than me. And uh, so, but but my Ben was pretty adamant that he wanted to get married quickly because he was worried that uh, uh, after getting my my degrees and all that, uh, I may not uh, agree to the marriage. So as mm. such, uh, things moved pretty fast. Uh, after the marriage, um, uh, I I did I the the first day was already a nightmare when I went mm. to. Usually the 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 girl will go over to the guy's home and that's it. And we say bye goodbye to our family and we start a new life with the guy in his family's home. 
So uh, there was this whole big crowd there, and I have was waiting in the room, and 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 that's how things started off. Uh, initially, uh, I thought that yeah, this was normal, normal behavior. Uh, he was very eccentric. He had very low self-esteem, uh, and and I excused his behavior due to his lack of education. Uh, Soon, uh, later on, he started to control, control me badly, uh, control my salary. Uh, he put uh, my monies into a joint account and then guarded the card and the passbook. Now, because of the cultural norms, uh, he controlled quite a bit of my dressing, the way, what we should buy, what we should eat. And then he yeah. also gave me daily pocket money. <laughs> I know this sounds ridiculous. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So is that normal in your culture or, or are there men that do actually uh, give women more rights? How does it work? Actually, uh, yeah, we, women are, are, are supposed to be taken care of in our culture. Mm. The man is the, yes. is, is the breadwinner and he has to take care of the women because we are the weaker sex. But in in his case, I ended up doing it for him. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because being a Muslim woman and actually having, you know, those careers and those successes that you had, yeah. was that unusual? This yes, fascinates me. Uh, this fascinates <laughs> me. Yeah, because I, uh, at home I was this, uh, this wife who was quiet and outside I was thriving so well, but when I came back home, I had to play small, you know, just to make him yes. feel better because I was trying to save, yes. be safe. <laughs> well, do you know, even Western women, we've really struggled with this. You know, this okay. is what fascinates me about the progress of women. And I think, you know, for a Muslim woman and you were single and you were successful, you know, it was just a huge, huge thing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Western women have struggled with that themselves to be, you know, it's only our last generation that's really stepping up into this as a norm. But even then, we can still, I, I know I know of so many women, including myself, that have dimmed down and gone, oh, gosh, and wow, wow. So in your culture, this was huge. You absolutely had to dim down, right? Yes, really. And um, initially, I... I, I felt that maybe I should should just give in to him. It's okay. But um, I also had a lot of issues about myself. I didn't realize that I was uh, this person. Uh, while the the others outside of this family saw what I was capable of, but I didn't realize that. I mm. I always thought that I was not good enough. So I tried my best to be the best for him. Right. I think I also had my own uh, inner woundedness already back then, quite a bit. Yeah, 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 yes. Now when, you know, and this is where the story gets really sort of crazy, um, because another wife got involved, right? Can you explain Uh, what happened with this? Okay, uh... Down the road, uh, I after I delivered my son, uh, uh, after six months, uh, I was diagnosed with a molar pregnancy. Uh, it's 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 a form of 
pregnancy where I didn't have a heartbeat. There's no a heartbeat for the baby. And uh, oh. when the doctors that found uh, there was no heartbeat, I had to go through a DNC. And that's when they started to suspect that I may have cancer. Oh, so, my goodness. Uh, yeah. So, uh, of course, it was a big shock for me uh, back in those yes. days. And I was so full of uh, energy. I was trying to do so many things. I was juggling family and work and, you know, and, and to, to have this, this disease uh, crop up out of nothing, out of just having a baby while I was thinking that this, I'm going to have another baby. But it wasn't that the case. So uh, uh, the end, uh, he 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 saw this and said, "My my son brought bad luck," and I think in his in his mind he already buried me, <laughs> and uh, he just sneaked away uh, to marry another woman without my knowledge. I didn't oh know about it until much later. Mm, mm, mm. So in the Muslim culture, that's ex- like that's acceptable. No, it's not acceptable. He uh, not <laughs> uh, he should at okay. least ask the permission of the wife, but he didn't. He did 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 this on the sneak. Oh, okay, and, and that's not acceptable, right? Yeah, oh goodness! So, so he was not supportive at all with this condition. No, clearly. no. So so there was mm-hmm. I having this this uh, sickness and. He went away, mm-hmm. and then he did this. And uh, on top mm-hmm. of that, he was actually detained there for 14 days. Uh, and uh, he, after he was, he came back home. He was very meek and apologized and told me that he's, he was very sorry and cried profusely and said that he just right. he married the other woman to escape deten- detention because uh, the 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 police over there caught him and and put him in prison so oh my goodness such yeah so it was very traumatizing for me uh, with a baby in my hands and waiting mm-hmm. for him to come back home not knowing where he was it was like uh, quite a major ordeal uh what happened uh, our families got together his brother my brother-in-law they all went over there to check what happened to him and that's when they found out what what he had, he had done, and the, my my family was so angry and wanted me to just uh, not be with him any longer. But by then, I was already pretty uh, pretty hooked to him, and I couldn't. I thought that I couldn't be leave without him, not with a baby in tow. No. Yes, yes. And how many of us have done that? You know, inexcusable behaviour and we stayed because we just didn't think that we could survive on our own. We've all yeah. done it. And and of yeah. course, you know, in, in your ex- experience, um, you know, that was huge. Wow. But it, it's also true, isn't it? You know, when the, the, the amends and the sorries, but I mean, he was caught out. He was caught out red-handed and yes. put in yes. detention. You know, and then he's caught on the stories, and yeah, it can be very easy to fall for. Mm. Yes, okay. In, in those so, days, I he he. In those days, I was not aware of narcissism. I was not aware of <laughs> uh, uh, this kind of uh, behaviors, and so I I just accepted him. And uh, being religious and all that, uh, we always try to give a second chance. Uh, and of course, I also felt that it was my fault that I was not good enough. 
I was not giving him enough. You know, all the not enough came into the picture, Mel. So oh, that's I, I so really honest, Nora. That's so honest, isn't it? And but that's what yeah. we did to excuse inexcusable behaviour. We we felt, you know, when we've got our young inner wounds involved, we do what children do. We feel guilty. We feel wrong, and that it we take blame for things we shouldn't yeah. do. Yeah. So then you had another baby after that as well. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah I, we we went. I he I went back home with him, and uh, after that, all the lies. He kept lying and lying, but I kept denying. I was in denial, Mel, and I felt that okay, I should keep keep giving him more chances. Maybe if I was more giving, then I will. He will at least love me back enough, and you know, be the man that I actually thought he was once and mm. but it never happened Mel. Mm. He kept taking and taking until I was so depleted. Uh there were so many times that actually I didn't feel that I should be alive. I, I just felt that I wanted to end it all. Uh but mm. it was the religion, my children, the thought of bringing bad name to our families. All this helped me back in check. I think uh, that was already a gift and I'm still alive around now. You know, it, every time there was something happened ha- happened in my life, I was always trying to not be there or trying to leave it or be in denial. So, like as though I I was not fit to be alive. That was what was running. Mm-hmm. And that really played out, Nora, didn't it? Because medical conditions that ended up manifesting and where you got to because this is horrific so explain yeah. and share what what happened with that it's huge oh okay uh i kept uh i think i kept uh being in denial i just kept doing and doing and i kept uh, running away work was my reprieve anywhere i went i did very well so most of the times I used to ha- used to hire uh, housemates, uh, housekeepers uh, to take care of my children and the family. But later I found that uh, the end was keeping them as well. Uh, so, so it was very disappointing. Each time uh, when I he- heard about there was another woman in his life, I, I just mm. uh, sent them send the housemate away. <laughs> I think again I was in denial, so much denial now. I I can't even mm-hmm. believe that that I I was that person now. When I look back, hmm. so I think you're um, not as the I continue same. to yeah. sorry, no. Yeah, you're not the same person now. Yes, yes, I am not. Yes, I agree hmm. totally. Yeah, so. Uh, and I continued to work until there came a point that uh, I think I was already in so much of pain from giving and he was taking and taking and uh, he demanded so much out of me, uh, changing of houses constantly, changing of cars, asking for for branded items, diamond rings, branded watches, cars. So I got him everything now. It was as though I was keeping him. But yes. in my family, uh, my families were all under the impression that we were doing so well and I was happy with him. I never told a soul that 
this was happening in, in my life because I was too proud, you know. Mm. Because I, w- I had always succeeded in life. I was always, uh, I did yeah. very well in my studies and in school, in anything that I, I took up. So uh, saying that I mm. failed in this marriage was a big, uh, big failure in my life. And isn't it true, Nora? You know, when we feel like we're not good enough, we overachieve. Yeah. And we and we can really present to the world that we. This is so much the codependent catch cry that I'm okay. I'm doing great. I'm holding it all together. Yeah. You know, I'm a good mom. I'm a good provider. I'm a good. You know, I'm a good business person. All of these things as codependents, we can so do. Yeah. So, yeah. So I kept doing this. I think that there came a time when uh, I think my body couldn't take it anymore because I was denying myself rest. I was denying mm. myself the help, uh, help that I needed, and I was not giving it to me. I was not resting. I was not stopping to see where I needed help, and uh, and I wasn't even available for my children now, and that was the biggest guilt trip that I had. Mm-hmm. After I started to recover, that was the biggest. I can relate. So mm, I know how, yeah, so many parents yeah. that have been through that, and it's um, you know, that's a big one. We really need to reconcile and heal, isn't it? Afterwards. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so uh, yeah. I, yeah, and and my children were at one point uh, they called me the terror mom because I. Every time I had something going on at the side and ended some more things, and I was like, like uh, w- trying to avoid everything. And if I was faced with something to do with my children, I would just explode now. And I, mm. looking back, I, 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 I feel that oh my god, that was how bad my behavior was. And 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 I think I had quite a bit of work that I needed to do on myself. Mm. We, you know, when we're hanging out with sick people, we get sick. It's that simple. Yeah. So explain so the think... conditions that you have, you know, what, what, how it ended up physically for you and with hospitals. Uh, cause it's oh. Huge. oh, okay, yeah. Yes, it was, uh, uh, it was actually Christmas Eve uh, 2008. Uh, I was working quite a bit. Uh, back to back, and uh, I think there were there were things going on in the house as well. He 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 had found a new uh, new person that he was going out with, and I came across a message on his phone, and he was pretty open about it. Perhaps he wanted me to see, and I think he wanted attention. Now that I read his behavior through all the blocks that you have put up, now, I mean, if it was not for your blocks, I wouldn't have known what kind of behavior that he is having. So uh, 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 I think I was overdoing it, and uh, I was in the kitchen with my children, and suddenly I had a weakening on one side, and I just collapsed. I just collapsed. Wow. And uh, luckily, my daughter was with me. She called the ambulance, and I was rushed to the hospital. Was later, I discovered that I had two holes in the heart, I had an ASD condition where it's called a- atrial septal defect. Uh, the the blood from my heart escaped to the artery, going up to my brain, and it blocked. 
uh, blocked off one one side, and I was actually uh, quite brain dead. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. So, mm. but when I was in the hospital, I when I was rushed into emergency, I could hear the doctor. Even though I was unconscious, I could hear the doctor. I could even hear no. uh, the end, my children. But uh, there was no movement from me. Uh, that's what I could hear them saying. And then the doctor gave me injection to to he to release the clot that was in my brain now. And um, but I think that injection was too strong. Uh, I went into uh, a fit. I couldn't take it. the The brain was swelling. So uh, I had to be rushed into a craniotomy. Uh, they had to rush me to cut open my skull to release the pressure of the brain on the brain because oh it was swelling pretty ba- badly. So actually, <laughs> I, I was very lucky. Uh, come to think of it, uh, they took out a portion of my skull, and they had to keep it. Uh, uh, like they they had to keep it off my skull, off my 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 brain so that at least it has enough space to swell and have released or whatever trauma that I was going through. But unfortunately, even after that, that surgery, I was still going through, through, uh, through, through fits because the other side of the brain was, was still alive. So I had to be artificially killed. <laughs> uh, the doctor yeah. did inject both sides, uh, the other side of the brain to kill it off so that there was no, no movement so uh, I went into a coma for the next uh, couple of days, uh, and I think uh, <laughs> I think I was in limbo for a while. I, I probably I was speaking with some higher self upstairs <laughs> in the heaven. Oh my I goodness. think. <laughs> oh gosh! So, yeah. Were you that just astounding? You even came back from that. You know, your heart, yes. your brain, surgery on both. Yeah. Just, yeah. A, so uh a climber, a stroke it's it's just huge yeah so uh, actually the doctor doctors I had given up on me they told the end to inform all my relatives that uh, I may not be around soon so right. uh, I think everyone came to see see me and say their their last uh buys and they all prayed for me and I was pretty uh, I think it was all the prayers that came through from every one of them yeah. that got me back. Yeah, I think I my children were that. also. Yeah. So, and it just wasn't so, your time. It just wasn't your time. I think so too. <laughs> yes. Mm. So, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Huge. So, so, this was in Christmas 2008. This happened. Now, yeah. could you. Yeah. Okay, so you stayed with him. You still you, well. You did. You were you were still there after that. You didn't know that he was. At, so when you came out of that health wise, how were you health wise? You know, up okay. until. Mm. Okay, I was super fit. I was hyper. I I could like I could go without sleep like uh, two three a.m. and I could still wake up in the morning about five o'clock and I was off again. I was like I was oh holding uh, so many jobs. <laughs> yeah, I was really hyper, hyper, full, full of energy. Uh, but actually, on hindsight, I was running away. I was oh running away God. from all the pain and trauma that I didn't wish to, wish to embrace. I didn't wish to uh, remember. 
and by the time yes. I came out of that coma, uh, I think I had lost quite a bit of memory. I didn't remember yeah. all the, the the bad details about then. Yes. But uh, as I was working, uh, and I was still working in the same company that I'm working today, back then, uh, my my company head came down from Italy. They came down to Singapore, and and he was. I think he he more or less wanted to assure himself that I was okay, because I was uh, in charge of quite a bit of uh, confidential uh, uh, things that I was taking care of in the office. But I did not write down all the passwords. It was all in memory, because right. I it was pretty. Uh, uh, high, highly sensitive. So he he came down and he he wanted to meet me. And after I saw him, I do not know, but I I somehow I think something inside me felt, told me that I had to get get up of that hostel bed and back to the office. So I got discharged on Saturday. Yeah, oh I got discharged gosh. on Saturday. And Sunday I went back to the office and I sat down. And the moment I touched the keyboard. I started to remember. Wow. And I could walk, wow. I could I could talk. <laughs> Gosh. And, uh, of course, initially it was droopy on one side. Uh, I had lost uh, the mus- muscle t- mus- the muscle on one side. It was drooping. Mm-hmm. I couldn't close my mouth or to swallow. Uh those were things for quite uh not so nice to see, but but still, I was there. I was still alive. Mm. And when I went back to the office, uh, the end was there. He was waiting for me outside. He couldn't come in. But the minute I I I I opened the PC, switched on the PC, I had drafts of whatever that was happening in my life. I, I used to keep diaries, you know. And when I kept my diary in the house, and used to read it and then started to rewrite a story in my diary, so after that, I stopped right. keeping the diary at home, and I started to keep diaries in my PC in the office. So I, when I opened the PC and I read through those things, it was another shocker because there was a thinking that he was perfect. He's, he's such a beautiful husband. He's there for me. Right. But that was not the case. <laughs> right. No. Oh, gosh, No. So when did you realize that he was a narcissist and how did that happen? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I was still uh, going through quite a bit of... uh, I was on medication. Uh, I was without a skull for the next six months. My skull was was, uh, put inside the subcutaneous layers of my stomach to keep it alive. Oh my uh, gosh! For the next six months, yes. So I went to work without a skull. I, I oh, went to work uh, so what Monday, do you have? Wednesday. And... <laughs> Sorry, Mel. What, what, what do you have instead of a skull? Uh, okay, uh, you know our brain is, has got a scrotum. It, it's kept in a bag, and then okay. it, and that bag was sewed up, and a portion of my skull was removed to depressure it, right? So that skull was placed inside my the subcutaneous layers of my stomach. Oh my goodness! Uh, to keep it Nora, alive. I'm no good they with medical to... shows. I'm getting I'm getting squirmy <laughs> just having this conversation. 
for the listeners at home, if you're like me, you're not going to go and eat a hamburger right now. Right. Okay. <laughs> you're okay. Please answer. Please answer all this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. At least, at least we haven't got visual pictures. We just right. <laughs> This is just yeah. a conversation. So, Continue. <laughs> I shouldn't so, be joking uh, about this. This is actually very, very serious, Nora. Oh my gosh. It, it was, but actually, I didn't realize the seriousness of it then because I was taking it as a joke. Because, you know, I felt that whenever I, I bent down, I could feel my whole brain nearly popping out of the <laughs> of my of oh my skull. My. So. <laughs> Oh I felt like you know that that movie. <laughs> oh, like Alien or something. What movie? Yeah. Oh so. Gosh, it's so good. We can have a laugh about this now, right? Yes, yes. So um, I was still working, and and then by that by then I already caught up with what he what was happening in my life. Though some of some there were some still some grey areas where I couldn't remember, but the basic uh, information I was able to piece it together and I understood what was happening. Uh, so I think I became stronger after the stroke. After the stroke, the cranial told me the heart surgery. I became stronger now. I do not know how, but I became stronger. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and I you know, what, like it's it's like you know when people have cancer and then. They they get stronger. Like sometimes the most amazing physical things can just yeah. I get it. I get it. I I can't quite articulate it, but it happens a lot. Yeah. 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 And so uh, I just kept on moving forward. Of course, uh, there were time there were periods of when I felt very bad because after the stroke there there were times when I couldn't do certain things and I took it very hard. And because mm. I was, uh, uh, I did very well before, and to have to face all this now with weakness, I couldn't handle that for a while. But then mm. I was very determined. I just wanted to keep moving forward. Uh, and by this time, after my heart surgery was it, over, by the twenty, what was he just? Sorry to interject. What was he like when you were struggling with all of this? What? Was he supportive? Was he not? What was he doing? Okay, in the in the hospital, he had practically called every one of my friends who were in my phone phone uh, friends, plus mm-hmm. all our relatives. And can you imagine, Mel? My my head was shaved ball. Part mm-hmm. of my skull was not there. I was bent. The whole head was bandaged, and I had bandages around my my stomach as well. And uh, he had called everyone, and there was a party going on in the hostel. <laughs> and he was like lapping up all this, all this uh, empathy that was coming through for me. And that that was when I really witnessed his behavior in the hospital. And uh, he was like hugging every female who came into the hostel, crying yeah. on their shoulders on behalf. But he never came near me. He dare not even touch me, Mel. Oh gosh. Yeah. So when you're recovering out of hospital, he wasn't attentive. He wasn't helping out. No, it was like uh, I since I was already mobile, there was no help required. When I went back home, I was already starting to wash. 
uh, keep the house clean and start to clean the toilets because I I, do, I think I have this this thing about cleanliness. I keep cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I started doing all these things, and he he was a bit taken aback because he didn't expect this. He he thought I will be bedridden, and I'll I'll become a puppet. But in fact, I nearly did. Uh, the medication that the doctors gave me to uh, to for the fits that I had after the post uh, post uh, craniotomy surgery was to keep the the chemical uh, activity that was happening in my brain to a bare minimum. But when they gave me that medication, I couldn't function in, at the office. So what I did was I started to reduce the dose. Yes. I know that was the most silliest thing I could have done because I was opening up myself up for another another episode of fits. But yes, I yes. just went ahead because I was hearing this voice that was telling me, don't take that medicine. So I was right. just flowing along with the voice that was coming through. This time yes. I was so different that I was listening to myself. I knew what I had to do and... I was on the 25th floor. Now I was living in a flat. Every morning I woke up and I walked down 25 floors and I tried to climb back up because one side of my limbs was very weak, the left side. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to strength train, but I didn't go to the gym. I was doing it on the stairs of my 25 floors apartment. Going up and down uh, every other day and also attending the office work. So I was attending the, the work Monday, Wednesday, Friday while I was on medical leave for the next two two to three months. Wow. So I, I just... <laughs> yeah. And, and mm. um, along the way, uh, his behavior be- got more erratic. He started to show. And this time, the women were calling his, his phone. And uh, the, when I... Beha- when I how I responded to him was totally not me. In the past, I would have gone into, you know, uh, I would have gone off to work and I would have ignored his behavior. But this time, I stood there and confronted him. Uh, I confronted him and then I wanted him to stop this behavior. And then he, for a while, he was very happy. Uh, And I started to become more agitated. I became very confrontational. Uh, and then 2010, now uh, there was an episode where he nearly hit me. Uh, in the past, mm-hmm. he, he he did he hit me, and he there was a punching incident where uh, we had gone shopping uh, and uh, just across the border because it was cheaper over the other side, and he was pretty pretty fussy about spending money, you know. Uh, so when we were coming back, he punched me. I didn't expect I wasn't I didn't expect that punch at all but he just punched me out of the blue mm-hmm. and I blacked out and uh, I the my whole face was in you know pins and needles and was swollen for nearly uh, I took almost about 10 days to recover but but I was so traumatized mm-hmm. after that I didn't even dare to face uh, do anything against him after that but this time I had the guts to face up again and when he came after me to hit me, I picked up the phone and I called the police. Wow. Wow. Then what happened? The police came 
and uh, of course he started to say that oh he didn't hit me you know I was I was uh, overreacting I was the drama queen he started to turn the, mm-hmm. the tables on me uh, luckily there was a female police lady and she told me that if I was ever ever afraid of my for my safety uh, she told me get out of the house go to the nearest police station don't stay in the house and if possible, the next day, go down to the family court to ask for a police protection order. Okay. And I did yeah. I did do that the next day. Brilliant. I got that intervention order, and then the, the, the judge assessed my condition because I was just uh, fresh out of a stroke patient, and on top of that, he had a history of, uh, of not con- being able to control his anger, and uh, I had the medical reports for me. And so the judge awarded me a police protection order uh, uh, until I myself went, went down and revoked it. So uh, so they, they said that was to make sure that I was safe. So, But along the way, if ever I felt unsafe, they go immediately to the police station. So there were many of the episodes that came after that, but that was only during this phase was the time that I was actually reading up quite a bit about uh, husbands who who love to have affairs. And I came across mm. uh, quite a bit of uh, yours and a few other people's writing, and especially yours, you know, it really, really did uh, did attract me more and more towards your work. I'm not too sure why, but I think I gravitated towards you, your blog mm. and whatever that you have. Uh, but uh, even though I wanted to, you know, uh, by uh, what you were, you know, you were advocating, I still was not sure that he was enough. Mm. And and then I said about proof. Sorry? Yeah? Mm. That's so common. You know, that's so common that we think, oh, yeah, but maybe he isn't or maybe she isn't, maybe there's some hope. You know, of course, because we don't want to believe that. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, I think I was twenty. Then, after I got the PPO, he started to get very angry, and he every year there was a divorce threat. He will file for divorce, and I will beg him not to. Mm, oh, and isn't that horrible? It's just so awful, you know, when you're being threatened yes. with abandonment and you're begging and pleading not to be. I uh, yes, I remember yes, that and, really well. Mm. And and. Uh, even though I was still uh, uh, earning, I was still bringing back uh, money and I was still supporting myself and the children, their education, their degrees, uh, I still have didn't have that confidence to walk away. You know? Now I felt worse. I thought that I, I had become a stroke patient. I identified myself with the sickness. I felt that I was a strokey. I nicknamed myself as a strokey. <laughs> a strokey, right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so oh my goodness. So what happened? So how did you get the strength to to leave? And when? Yes. And uh, and and, and, okay. and, and what happened on the lead up to that? So I kept reading and reading and reading. I think I think I lost about a year because I was investigating into whether he's a narc, and I was I was actually testing myself. I also at the same time went and uh, signed up for the CBT where they had a free family service center. They were offering counseling. 
and though I was already a, a counselor before, uh, helping myself through this counselor yeah. uh, was was the best thing that I could have done. And on yeah. top of that, I also went um, went so for, CBT uh, cognitive uh, behavioral therapy. That's what you were doing. Yes, 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 that's what I was doing. But the more I spoke about my trauma, the the things that I went through with the end, uh, it it got worse. I I tried to come back to that to that to try to save the marriage again because uh, I felt that maybe I had lost something along the way. Maybe he's not really that person. Maybe uh, you know I have become a ter- I was a terrible person. That that I was the one who was not well. So I kept blaming myself mm. again. I was back in that spiral again. Until finally, yes. I think uh, I bought your 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 uh, your cure, your counterfeiting healing. But yeah, I, no. I didn't yes. call you. I didn't contact you, Mel. I didn't even come into the forum. I think a lot. I right. got I that that got lost lost in the mail, totally. And then after that, I went off on a on a pilgrimage. I went off for about twelve days. During that twelve days, I was a fee, with a Sufi master, and again, I it felt that I was being guided guided to be away from the end. You now you notice that I never call him my husband anymore. He was never yeah. one. I think I do do not wish to call him mine uh, anymore. I do not want to identify myself with that person That's any right. longer. That's right, I agree, totally. And I certainly don't with the ends in my past there, N one and N two. They were <laughs> you know exactly. They were, were an evolution process. They weren't um a husband and a and a uh, fiance. They weren't. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So so of course you you see that I never notice I never talk about my children because my daughter was already not in town she was in Australia my son was in national service so he was not home so whatever uh, drama that was happening was between myself and and so uh, I continued to strengthen myself I sat I took came back home and then I sat down and looked at your modules uh, I think towards uh, the beginning of 2014. You know, uh, no. I had a very terrible episode again. Uh, my children were, my son was starting to act up uh, because there was quite a bit of dysfunction that was happening. He is an adult. Okay, he's already an adult. He went missing for two to three days. Right. He went missing, and uh, he he rides the bike. And I was so worried that uh, what could have happened to him and. Uh, and I was on, still was on medication, but not severely medicated. So uh, when the end came back, I I told him that son was not back home. But uh, instead of reassuring me, he started to call all the ambulance and the hospitals. And he, the way he started to do things, it made me more aggravated. And I became, I, suddenly I had a out of body uh, episode where I was no longer in my body. I was sitting out of my body. And I saw my son uh, just opposite me, bleeding from the head, and he was like, "I think that was that 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 was the worst I could have. I just couldn't take that any after that." And then that was about the time now that you had a webinar. I think, so uh, mm. I I 
you had a webinar, I think, and uh, and and I took that. I think I'm. Uh, yeah, I I sat down and did one session in the webinar, and uh, I re that was the first encounter that I had with my inner child, and that's when I realized that uh, there was some some uh, trauma that had gone through when I was three years old, mm -hmm. and uh, that was in relation to my my uh, family family of origin uh, and so that's how I started to track back and soon I think uh, I started to contact you Mel and Harry and quickly you guys really posted me the the the, the full set of uh, he, MTE healing modules the gold modules mm -hmm. and you quickly mm -hmm. asked me to join the forum you got me into the forum and that's when I really started to sit down and do it. But even as I was doing it, I had an accident. I fell. <laughs> I fell down, Mel, and I actually tore the meniscus in the knee. And I was oh not able to walk, not able to work, go to work. And so I could no longer self-avoid. I couldn't self-avoid anymore. Oh, I couldn't what run a away blessing anymore. in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> yes, at every step, Mel. I think after mm -hmm. my stroke... Uh, Every every, I got 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 a lot of pain. I think that was one of the false beliefs that was running in my body. No pain, no gain. <laughs> yes. So I had lots yes. of pain, and that's how I came back within me. I hope. Uh, I mean, not many people are running this belief, <laughs> but I surely was. So each time yeah. there was a pain, I went back into my body, and then I came closer to you, Mel. It was <laughs> after that fall. Uh, the three months of MC, I was still in this office in the same position that uh, before, uh, in a different position. But now I've been promoted, mm. so uh, I was I was still working in the same office, and uh, I'm so blessed now. And uh, during that phase, because of the accident, the insurance company was able to give me a small uh, token, and so I scraped through enough funds to buy myself a small secondhand car. And I became independent. I got more and more independent. And then I started to do your modules more. I did so much of your modules now that I never budged from my from my home. I made sure that I went through it every day, daily. Wow. Mm, I know. Oh, you yes, were very, so I... very dedicated. You were so dedicated. And then, And then what happened from there when you started doing the module work? Okay, uh, that's when uh, I I realized that uh, even though I uh, there was uh, no one helping me around the house, you know, I, there was actually a roller roller chair, office chair in the house. I hopped onto the roller chair and I moved around and started exercising my knee and did all the housework. And the end was no nowhere around. He was still in the house, but he behaved as though I did not exist. And which was good for me because uh, he kind of left me for dead, and uh, so I I just just kept to myself and did whatever I could. My children uh, were around me sometimes, and they were not around me. I didn't really see where they were, and uh, I was pretty much uh, I had really gone within me myself. I was really doing the healing now. I was not outside of my body after that, and I think. Uh, the more I did that, I also started to uh, uh, go into the forum more often. And when I saw 
uh, so many people going through all those pain that they were reporting, I found that, wow, they were all so similar to me. My God, every one of us are going through a similar life uh, suffering. And that's when, uh, the more I read, I found that, yes, everything is a blessing. Everyone has been a blessing, even my children, my, my the end in my life, especially all the <laughs> the stroke, uh, the pain that I had. And then finally, when I had you, Mel, you, you were the icing on the cake. <laughs> you were my mm-hmm. silver lining, really, really. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say that. Uh, I think a few times I contacted you, Mel, and it was very hot context and then each time you did get me back in you said there were quite a number of breakdowns I had I couldn't continue I kept coming I kept come I repeated a few emails to you and you said no go back go back to yourself and that's when you recommended me to use the bonus module initially I was not using the bonus module at all I was just working the modules the pain modules but after a few rounds of breakdowns, you recommended me to go and get do the bonus module and then start to set goals. And things really mm. change more and more. It can be very powerful for a lot of people. It's for me too. Uh, my preferred way of using quantum freedom healing is generally to set uh-huh. goals and clear the resistance to them. And it can really catapult you into states and ways yeah. of being that yeah. you just couldn't access. So that's awesome. Yeah. It worked for you. So, net. So okay. So you were because you've got your divorce, right? Yes. You've got that. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, I, I know. No, I'm that so was happy. a really big thing. That was a really, really big thing <laughs> because you've done well. Like, yeah. Can you can you just explain? you know like because I know that you were doing a lot of um, you were doing a lot of module work you were doing a lot of goal setting work to set everything uh-huh. up to be able to get through that process and it's a pretty big uh-huh. process uh, yeah. so yeah. how has all that ended up? Okay uh, I think uh, that that period that I had my stroke uh, was the universe telling me to get ready for this, for this one that's coming up big so I had already started to put away quite a bit of fun slowly uh, I was putting away quite a bit of funds, but as I, I the, on the seventh of January, twenty fifteen, I fa- I submitted the paper paperwork. Uh, no, yeah, paperwork of the divorce. But I went into I think after submitting that divorce paperwork, I didn't hire a lawyer. I felt that lawyer was too expensive. I didn't want to, so I wanted to go it alone. However, I had uh, I think uh, there was a breakdown again. I couldn't function for a while in the office. I I came to work, but I couldn't work. I just sat and stared. So, okay, this was another breakdown that was happening. So, I went back inside and I went back home and I did my modules again, bonus modules. And that's when the next week I found a a lawyer. Uh, He happened to be one of uh, the leading lawyers here in Singapore, a Sharia lawyer. Uh, he was expensive, but he is expensive. But but I think he came to me at the right time. His name was given to me at the right time, and when I went and approached him, he took my case. He was free enough. But but it, when you when I went to his office, it was like um, 
it was like as though it was uh, I think a canteen, you know, where you like so many people were there, and I think he was very successful, and uh, I was worried that he may not be able to give me his best. So that was another thing that was that was running in my mind that mm. I may have chosen the wrong lawyer. Mm. So uh, again, I went back to do the modules, uh, and then mm. um, what came up was that whatever that the unions gave me was the best lawyer, even though he, even if he was not the good lawyer, he would be, be the best lawyer at that time. So that what that was what kept coming up for me. So, mm. so I I decided to work with him because I, I know if the universe had given me this lawyer, he's going to work for me and he is the best for me. So okay. I kept doing the modules and, and I kept focusing on on not the outcome but rather on on just being peaceful, being free, being happy. That was what I was mm. focusing on. I was not focusing on finances. I was not focusing on house. I was not. I wasn't even focusing on my children, at all. Though initially, uh, in between, my children were acting up, and he then was still trying to manipulate them, and he did. Uh, did he did bring tra- did, did bring them over to his side, and they were acting as his proxy. Both my children. For a while. So uh, when. Finally, I was awarded uh, uh, this uh, uh, this this year on the twenty seventh of January. I was so happy, Mel. I got seventy percent, uh, mm. and the thirty percent that he was supposed to be getting getting was also given me uh, for the number of years that I had spent with him. Twenty seven years of marriage life. life. Uh, bringing up my children as well while working, so uh, so uh, I think uh, right now I I didn't I don't have to worry about anything like oh, the other day when I was driving. <laughs> yeah, because I think because um, I didn't set set myself on 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 the outcome. I I didn't uh, feel that I I just left it to the universe to give me any. Whatever that is best for me, not what I'm asking for, but whatever that is was best because I wasn't sure what I was asking for would be the best. So I just left it. Laura, that is so powerful, and this is what people don't understand with law of attraction. You've just said the best point that I want everybody to understand that when we're focused on outcomes, that's not when we manifest. How we manifest is to be at peace and calm, and it, serenity and space in ourselves feeling surrendered and at peace before an outcome even happens and that's when we get our best outcome and that's what the module work does gets you to you know whenever we're doing quantum freedom healing module work our goal is to not get an outcome our goal is to get peace and space inside ourselves and then let the universe take over for our highest will yes and that's when the good stuff, that's when it all happens. So you, you know, you yeah. worked with it the way we're meant to work with it. And that's why it works. Yeah. Yeah. So I, awesome. I think I, I've, yeah, uh, Mel, uh, I think one thing I didn't keep coming back and reporting into the forum about everything that was happening in my life 
because I felt that uh, talking about the bad, the pain, was not doing any mm. healing for me. I was doing the doing the healing in the QFA, healing in the modules, and not in the in by reporting my pain. So uh, mm. I, but when I was yeah, so when I came back into the mod forum as a moderator, as a senior moderator, I found quite a bit of. Um, Codependency that was still left within me. Uh, when I mm. uh, was uh, trying to help some of the members, mm. uh, there were quite. Num- uh, I think sometimes the members, when they are very religious, uh, they they cannot work. Uh, I think they are not in acceptance. Uh, not in judgment here, but I think I'm speaking from myself. When you yes. when we are religious and we we do not let go, we don't make peace with ourselves. And we don't yes. accept that this is the best for us. We keep uh, thinking that it's wrong, and then yes, it's gonna come true for us. So I think because uh, 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 there were quite a number of other people that I tried to advocate uh, uh, this uh, healing modules, but unfortunately, mm. they did not take it up. They didn't take it up at all. Mel, I felt sorry for them, but I left them as they are because I felt that. Uh, their healing, maybe they were not ready yet. That's right. That's right. And everybody's got free will and everybody's got their choice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you do a beautiful job in the forum, Nora. You're just... The people that... The other moderators who know and love Nora Mm -hmm. and the members Mm -hmm. adore Nora. Nora, you're one of the most loving, light, in the forum and for those people that will become NARP members and come into the forum you'll get to meet and know Nora and and it was really beautiful at the end of January when you came in and reported what you did everybody was jumping for joy for you (laughs) because we knew that you were in the trenches doing the inner work and this Mm -hmm. is you know the beauty of people that work the modules really well is that they're uh-huh. not in the forum every five minutes, you know, posting yeah. and, and and trying to get support. They're actually doing the work one-on-one, you know, uh-huh. between themselves and, and source. They're doing the work. And that's where the real shifts happen, you know, in people's bedrooms or on people's couches and behind closed doors. That's where the real work takes place. And you did that. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. So your life now, your life now, like let's talk about, yeah. you know, like health, um, physical health. What's that like now? Well, I, you know, towards the end of, uh, I think, uh, when I, after the fall, uh, when I went for the surgery, I was diagnosed with uh, OE, <laughs> osteoarthritis. Right? It's a bone degenerating disease and uh, rheumatic uh, arthritis. Uh, and uh, actually, there was quite a bit of weakness in my bones, and I couldn't, uh, you know, in the morning I'll feel very stiff and all that. But because now I'm more active and I'm doing my exercises and I'm taking care of what I'm eating, uh, I and also I do a lot of meditation, especially before I sleep. Um, so I think all this really energizes me and heals me. Mm-hmm. And emotionally, what are the differences since this journey? 
Okay. Uh, I am no longer uh, in denial. <laughs> I speak clearly. My truth. <laughs> I... <laughs> clearly, you're not. <laughs> yes, I speak my truth. I am very uh, bold these days. I used to play very small. I I always didn't show up as myself. I was very shy to do that. Uh, Which is people pleasing too, isn't it? You know, when we're not showing up as ourselves, we're just trying to say what we think people want to hear. Yeah. So uh, this is, I just speak up what I feel (laughs) that I should say. Uh, So uh, I think I'm in a better frame of mind. I'm happier. Uh, I am not so sick and I don't go back home and think, that uh, why didn't I say this? Why didn't I do that? You know, mm. I'm happy that I've done this. I've said this. Uh, that's it. I'm done for the day. Gorgeous. <sighs> yeah. Which is so getting out of codependency because codependency can be all about that. Yeah. Burning so much energy on things outside of ourselves that are out of our control. Yeah. So spiritually, how do you feel now? Like your place okay, in the universe uh, or in, in energy and all that stuff. Okay, uh, uh, I feel very connected. Uh, whatever whatever I wanted, it happens immediately. So I'm very careful about what I'm thinking these days. Like, uh, example, the other day I thought about a yellow <laughs> a gym ball. I wanted to have a gym ball and I was looking at oh, yellow. I love the color yellow. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I wanted that gym ball. I wanted a color that is yellow, and I could do the exercises at home, stretching and all that. But that evening, when I was coming back home, somebody had left it out downstairs, our, our block, and it was still very clean. And I brought it up, so I didn't have to pay for it. It was in very good condition, so it's washed and very nicely, sitting in my living room, and I'm using oh, it wow. every day. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. That's quick. Yeah. That's so, um, other than that, uh, okay. Uh, I also want was went looking for a for a safe place because I didn't want to continue to witness the dramas that at the end was uh, playing with my children. So and like today, uh, this. When I went to exercise in the morning, I was thinking, okay, I'm, I need a room. I need a place that I can bring my, my cat. He's a rag dog. He behaves more like a dog. So I said, okay, I need more space for myself and my cat uh, away from the, the drama of the end. And that evening, I found a, the exact spot that I wanted. And it was very beautiful and a safe house. And the following, uh, that same week, I also found a house that I could actually move into. So... So nowadays, I'm very careful what I'm wishing for because if that was not what I really want, I, I I think I will not think about it. So this is something that I have to be very careful about. Seems, oh, things seem cute. to be manifesting very quickly. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Well, you certainly um, you certainly manifested a wonderful you know settlement that is really quite unprecedented in normal you know narcissistic abuse circles. We usually. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, victims, we don't even like using that word. We like to use thriver, you know, rather than victim survivor. We like victims to survivor to thriver, but, you know, thrivers yeah. 
more and more are breaking through, you know, with yeah. much more aligned results, which is really beautiful. Yes. But really, I, I wouldn't have come this far, Mel, if it was not for your work, Mel, really. You, mm-hmm. Your healing you. modules are great, wonderful. They're really wonderful. Mm. Well, they certainly make a difference from, you know, when the trauma still stuck in our body. It's really, it's just so hard to create a new life after narcissistic abuse when we're clogged up with trauma. It's virtually impossible. Yeah. So is there anything else, Nora, before we end this wonderful conversation that you could share with the listeners? Okay. Uh, okay, I think I wish to say that uh, if if Mel, if you ever recommended anybody to become a moderator or a forum senior mm-hmm. moderator, I think they should embrace that. They Whoever is recommended for they are ready. They should embrace it and then they know that they must know inside them that they are ready even though they may feel that they are not ready but actually they are ready and they should come into the into the forum and help out. Uh, be happy to help out because there's a lot of self-help that they can find within the forum. And then the other message is that Whatever your faith is, don't let your faith or religion deter you from embracing your uniqueness. Do the necessary inner work with commitment, faith and hope to break free. I think if you are here in this energy, you are a part of this divine energy and will succeed. I think we should never ever doubt our strength and power. Mm. Uh, The other thing is that stay humble, show more love, simply be yourself. And when we are in the MTE angelic realm, I think we should leave behind the cloak of judgment and ego, so that we are with the with, we are our angel, we are an angel in this realm or forum, in the forum. Mm. Mm. Uh, and then uh, I came across a story which I really would like to share. It's Love really it very too. beautiful. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, mm. it really resonates mm. with me. Okay. Uh, uh, once there was an island where all the feelings lived together. One day there was a storm in the sea and the island was about to drown. Every feeling was scared, but love, love made a boat to escape. All the feelings jumped into the boat except for one feeling. So love got down to see who it was. It was ego. Love tried and tried, but ego didn't move. Everyone asked love to leave ego, hop into the boat. All other feelings lived, but love died because of ego. Uh, that was the end, but no, I feel that that was not the end. Now for the twist. Uh, my my take on this is that love is eternal. Only ego thinks that love died. Uh, no. I don't know whether it makes sense. To, <laughs> to, <laughs> but I think we all should embrace what we came here to do, finally. Mm. Yes, it makes total sense to me. Total sense. Wow. And, you know, with your story, we'll put up a few points and we'll put up this uh, story on the blog so that people can read it and feel into it because it really is a powerful story. Mm. Okay. Nora, thank Thank you you so so much much for coming on. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you so joy. much for your time. Oh, look, I, it's just been a joy, and I've loved connecting with you in this way. And um, like I said to you, you know, when I'm in Singapore, we have to catch up. We have to. Yes, um, we must. We must. Oh, you know, and and you're a sister of light, and it's just so beautiful, you know, having um, you having um, Muslim representation as as the angelic being that you are in the forum it, it's just a beautiful force so thank you for being thank you. you thank you so much Mel thank you so much for giving me so much giving me back my life thank you Mel mm. well you're just a joy darling woman you really are <laughs> so <laughs> you. you you are so everybody I really hope that you enjoyed Nora's story and there'll be some points of it going up and uh no, and if you're in the forum, um, you know, say hi to Nora because she's just gorgeous, just gorgeous. So, well, that is it until next week, everybody, and you will see parts of the transcript of the show on the blog and love to have your comments. So that's it from me. Until next week, bye-bye and lots of love.